Welcome to the Church Intention Podcast, powered by the King's University and Gateway Church. This is a place to have healthy conversations about areas of tension in the church and the intentions of the church. To dive deeper into the conversation and for more content, visit churchintention.com. Now let's join the King's University President, Dr. John Chastine, for this episode of Church Intention. Hey, well, welcome back, everybody, to the Church Intention Podcast. As you know, if you're a listener, this is the podcast where we have a healthy conversation about the local church, and it is the Church Intention Podcast. It's a dual meaning. It means that we're talking about the intentions of the church, the church intention, but we're also talking about the church that's in tension, and we're talking about the things in church that there's a tension, not not necessarily a bad tension or an unhealthy tension, just a tension that, that needs us to put some attention to it. And so we're bringing people onto this podcast who are neck deep in ministry, um, churches all over, ministries all over. And today uh, is no different. I got a really good friend of mine that I um, love this man. He's an amazing man of God. He's an amazing leader. Um, some of you may remember him. He was in a little group called For Him back in the day. This group started in 1990. Um, and you're young, though, Mark, so you must have started when you were like 10. Yeah, it was. I, you know, it's amazing they would let a guy go on the road. It, it, I mean, I left my mom and dad's house, Ten. walked out of the little bedroom with the <laughs> little boy blue decor in it. But this dude uh, was a founding, you know, one of the founders of For Him, and little did I know, For Him's actually still together. They get together and they do do events still to this day. But listen to this, y'all. Eight Dove Awards. Eight Dove Awards, this guy. Uh, did Crusades with Billy Graham. This guy just has a, a wealth of experience and then took all of that experience and has now shifted it over in, in the past uh, several decades. Several decades. Now you sound really old. I do. A few years. <laughs> um, as a worship pastor and taking his gifts and his talents and, and really his anointings, uh, to this platform of worship, and he's he's been on staff at a couple of different churches, but currently he is uh, a worship pastor at Gateway Church, and uh, just does a phenomenal job. and And I've lived down here uh, for a little over a year now, and have connected with with Pastor Mark, and just become one of my dear friends. And him and he and I click a lot; we get along really well. So I'm really excited to have you on the on the podcast, Mark. And I want to I want to talk about worship and some of the tension there. We're going to talk about some of that tension, but first I want him to just to get to know you a little bit. Okay. So just tell us about yourself. How did For Him start? How did you get the call to be a worship leader? You can tell us, man, whatever you want to tell us. Just kind of take a few minutes and... Can I first say it's great to be on the podcast? You can say whatever you, you want John. to. John. I mean, it's been great getting to hang with you yes. and getting to know you, and I'm yeah. so thrilled that you're here at TKU, yeah. and uh, I think you're one of the incredible leaders for this generation, and it's going to be exciting to see what God does with you here. But I'm thrilled that you're doing this podcast. I appreciate it, man. I'm a, a I'm a yeah, I'm a dad. I have two children. Uh, or actually, Jody and I have two children. There you I'm, go. I'm the father. She's kind of hard mother. to have kids without. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she, uh, I'm married to Jody. We go. I think we're 30 years in December. Got married when you were 10 too. <laughs> yeah, very young. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, Son Matthew is a worship pastor okay. uh, on staff here at Gateway Church too. Daughter is one of our worship leaders. Um, so the whole family's involved in ministry because Jody serves in worship as well, my wife. Um, been a worship pastor for um, approximately uh, 13 years now. So um, the intention when I went to college, I went to Lee University okay. as a student and uh, uh, got a degree in music, was going to leave college and 
go into full-time ministry at a local church, but God had different plans. So I ended up becoming, uh, you know, a, an itinerant uh, musician, travel with a group called Truth, then for him. We started for him out of truth. Um, and so, it, you know, back in 2005, I realized, man, I've really never been connected the way that I thought I would to a local church as far as being able to be involved in ministry with yeah. my hands in the dirt there because I travel so much. So I really had this desire and this longing to kind of end that chapter of my life because we were doing about 150 to 200 concerts a year. Wow. And so, and still had a burden to serve in the local church. So that's one of the catalysts for us to basically come off the road and to not tour anymore. And so um, three of us actually serve as worship pastors, uh, three of the four of us, and the other one, Marty, is a teacher. Hmm. Um, so um, we're all involved still heavily in ministry, the four guys from Fort Him, but um, we love the local church. Yeah. We love serving in the local church. We love being a part of a staff and hmm. being under that covering. And I, I know I do, and I know for my family it's been a great season for us. That's awesome. Well, I want to. I kind of want to dig into this idea and and pull out some of this because really, when you think about a worship leader um, or a worship pastor, uh, and and I may actually circle back around to that. Even that comment that I made, I, I said worship leader, yeah, and then I corrected myself and said worship pastor because yeah, there is a, a difference, big difference. Um, and we may circle back around to that. But uh, when you think about stage time, okay, w- whether you're a church that has church for sixty minutes or or seventy five or ninety, whatever, whatever you're format is as a church, um, as far as stage time, there's only one person that's on the platform, um, maybe not as much as the senior pastor, but at least second. Sure. It's the worship pastor. Yes. And so you talk about just the influence in a church culture um, and the dynamics of, of, you know, look at that from every angle, from the way we dress to the way we talk to the way we look to the way we worship. So much of a church culture is given – uh, either verbally or non-verbally through the worship pastor. Yeah. And so it really is a critical, critical, critical uh, element of, of any church. And so let's let's circle back to what I said first. Let's talk about that. Um, it wasn't even in my notes here, but we're going to talk about it. Awesome. What's the difference, Mark, between a worship leader and a worship pastor? Well, um, I think worship leaders lead songs. Um, worship pastors lead rooms. Yeah. So. It's good. So, I mean, you know, like if you're just, a song leader, um, if you have a, a good voice and you know how to carry a tune, then the lyrics typically are on the wall somewhere. <laughs> you can see yeah. them and you know the melody of the song. You can lead that song. Yeah. But to pastor a congregation in worship is a is a completely different thing because it's less about you singing the song and more about you connecting that congregation to the presence of God. So you're in a, a position, you know, uh, where you're you're in the process of developing worship leaders, you know you've you've come to that age and that experience where you're now turning and pouring into the next generation, all yep. while continuing to be a, a worship pastor. Right. So for the for the worship leaders out there, worship pastors out there, how do you identify the difference? And and so let's say you're interviewing yep. for a worship pastor for your church. Um, within a, a little bit of time, just some meetings, maybe a couple of YouTube videos you watched or whatever you're seeing. How, what are some indicators? How do you tell the difference between somebody who's going to direct a song service? It's funny, my, I grew up as a preacher's kid, and my dad used to always refer to worship as the song service. The song service. Song service. <laughs> yeah. You know? But how do you tell the difference? How do, you, how do you know that you're hiring a pastor and not just a song leader? Well, if I could back up a little bit, I don't 
I wouldn't say that all worship leaders, if they're not title worship pastor, they can still pastor a congregation okay. and worship. Okay. Um, but I think the difference between a worship leader and a worship pastor more than anything else is the pastor side of it is the guy that or the or the person that develops Off the worship stage. leaders. Yeah, it's more about who you're That's pouring good. into and who you're mentoring. And um, so when you ask the question of if I'm looking to make a hire and I'm looking for the right person to be the worship pastor and I'm watching um, a service that they're stewarding, that they're actually responsible for, I, I'm always looking to see how they set people up to lead. Yeah. Um, if they're the one that's front and center and they're the only one that's leading the whole time, right? then it doesn't mean necessarily that they're not about developing others, but I love it when I see just recently I, I actually was, you know, given a link to look at some YouTube videos for a worship pastor for a, a church. Um, and the pastor was asking me to help him find a, a worship pastor. And so, um, I was very impressed when the link that the individual sent me uh, actually had more people leading than just him. Than him. Matter of fact, I kept wondering, when is he going to lead? Wow. But then I would see him connect the moments. And so then when I got on the phone with him and was asking him about the YouTube videos, he said, yeah, he said, I wanted you to see His heart. my heart. <laughs> yeah. He said, my yeah. heart is to develop yeah. others. He said, um, he said, I can send you a link of me leading if it's just me at a conference when I was the only one on the platform he said but I want to I want you to know that's really good that I'm about developing others that's and really so good. uh so immediately my mind could even just kind of check the box beside his name is he's a pastor he wants to raise up um so and it doesn't mean that everybody is called to that yeah. but you know because there are guys that you know I, I think that um a worship leader there's a place for both. There's a place for both. Right. Um, but, but I'm always drawn to the ones that can raise up more than just themselves. You yeah. know, I, I like the person that can duplicate what God put in them. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, because I think that there, there is a great need for um, us to raise up more. Because, you know, I'm the one that gets the phone call a lot of times from pastors yep. uh, saying, hey, I'm, I'm without a worship pastor. I, need, I really need yeah. a worship yeah. pastor. And so I, I'm very aware of the fact that there's a shortage of of real good worship pastors that understand what it means to pastor a congregation in worship because that worship pastor's responsibility is really to, to help develop and cultivate a culture of worship within that body. Yep. Um, it has to line up with the pastor's vision, but it is the responsibility of the worship pastors yeah. to carry that burden. Yeah, that's good. So let's let's cut right to a um, what? Well, this is the Church Intention podcast, after all. So let's talk about an area of tension. <laughs> okay. okay. So and and I, you know I'm going to exaggerate this to 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 bring the point home, but I think every church has an area of tension where, again, there's there's a there's a certain amount of time allotted for every. Most churches have a, we're not going past this time. And if, they, if we do go past it, we're not going to go way past it because we have another service afterwards. Right. And so there's always, there's always some sort of clock. There yeah. just is. And um, so, so then, then the next thing becomes, well, there's, there's limited stage time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
I'm, I sit currently in a lead pastor role, so I understand the lead pastor side, and and, I, and here you are sitting on the worship pastor side. So, <laughs> so there's this tension always of okay, well, today worship's going to be 18 minutes. Yeah. Ne- next week it's going to be 23. Next week where it's going to be 15 because the pastor wants to preach a really long time. And the tension, let's just be honest, the tension is the preacher wants to preach longer and the worship leader wants to worship longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. cut right to the chase of what it is. And and there's always elements. There's times where, where man, we probably should sing longer. And maybe there's times where we should sing less. So how do we how do we navigate that tension? And, you know, speak from the what, – what I like about you, Mark, is, is that you um, – uh, we can we can put people in a box, you know. We can put worship leaders in a box, and we can say, "Well, all worship pastors wear skinny jeans and pointy-toed shoes, <laughs> and it, you know, the more holes you have in your jeans, the cooler you are." Yeah. And and you can do the same with pastors. You can put us all in our boxes. Um, but but you're coming as a really seasoned guy, man. You're coming. You've you've been through the fire. You've been through different decades of seeing how worship has shifted yeah. over the years. What like what are you seeing right now happening in church? I know I'm throwing a lot at you here, but I just kind of want to open this conversation about oh, this yeah, tension. It's a great there. conversation. Yeah. Well, there. You know, I think one of the things that we are seeing is uh, we have mega churches with uh, multiple services with multiple campuses, yeah. and so. Um, there has to be organizational structure to be able to accomplish absolutely what needs to be accomplished for a weekend. So there are certain things that are required. And so, you know, I know for us here at Gateway, you know, one of the things that we have is we have kind of a target of what we uh, start with as far as the allotted time for worship every weekend, and it adjusts. And, um, you know, and I've heard worship pastors, and I've heard it said before, you know, that we feel like those constraints, that box that we're put in, you know, for the allotted time, really yep. kind of, it's hard to to carry people into God's presence or to get them there within that constraint. Um, but, you know, I look at that and I say, well, the, I think the box that you need to be more concerned about is submission to authority. That's really good, yeah. <laughs> because the, the, the reality is, is God can do more in a matter of a minute that's good. And you can do with the 25 minutes that you want for worship. That's really good. And he can do it through submission. And if you're submitted, if your heart's submitted to authority, yeah. um, then God knows that. Yep. And, uh, and I think a, a slippery slope for a, a worship pastor is to ever forget mm-hmm. that the lead worship pastor is the is senior the pastor. Yeah. That, that, you know, and so, um, so I think it's, it's always best to, to submit to what you're asked to do. Yeah. Um, sure. It, it, you know, a value is time. I mean, and it time allows for you to approach the segment for worship during the service, the music worship portion, and to be able to go there in a different way. But, yeah. you know, there are weekends when we've had 13 minutes, which is very short. Yep. But we just, we start at a different place when we go into a, a, a weekend right. service where it's 13 minutes. We we know we have to begin deeper. differently. Yeah, yeah, we go deeper. Yep. You know, there are different ways to approach that. But, um, you know, I think the thing too, you know, and this is something that we started doing. This is interesting. We We really felt like the Lord was telling us that if we as the team step out onto the platform, having already ascended the ramp, then when we get there, That's really good. we're more capable to take people in quicker. Yeah. So we're very intentional about worshiping before we come onto the platform. That's so good. And so we started that 
a while back, and it's really helped us because because of the size of Gateway and the scope of the way that we do ministry, we have so many different things that affect and impact a weekend. And so instead of complaining about it and trying to poke holes at it, we just, I think the better and the healthier thing is just just submit to it and find the way to get it done within what we're given. It's really good. One thing, the way I always like to word it sometimes is to say that you can never lead somebody to a place on the stage that you haven't first visited off the stage. Yes. And so you're coming to the stage having already visited the place that you're trying to get them to go to. Yeah. And so, so those good. make the best sermons. They make yeah. the, they make the best worship leaders. Yeah. So um, no, I love that. And and one thing that I that I have become over the years, of, one thing I like about Gateway is, um, and I guess when you do it after a while, you can kind of begin to see it. And I'm trying to see figure out how to word this without making it sound mean, but you begin to get pretty good at noticing whether a worship leader is really worshiping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if they're just. Yeah. Putting on a show, so yeah. my daughter's twelve, and she's she wants to be a worship leader. Yeah, and um, and she's got a great voice; she can sing beautifully. But like, she'll go and lead it at a children's church yeah. or something. I've heard her sing; she's very good. Well, she's yes. not too bad, but I'm a little biased, <laughs> you know. But, As you but I, be. what I'm trying to show her is: look, you're not up there to perform because, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe maybe this upcoming generation. But it was so weird. My daughter came to me when she was four years old, Mark, and said, "Dad, how do I be famous?" Wow. How do I be famous? I'm like, you're four. How do you even know what famous <laughs> means? Yeah. And so let's talk about that for a minute. Like what? And I see this happening in in pastors too, yeah. but I think it's happening in worship leaders. The motive, you know? Yeah. Um, what does it mean to be a worship pastor? Yeah. And, and there's so much of this social media world yeah. that comes to play. And let's just be honest. We're human. Human beings like accolades. We like mm-hmm. attention. And so I think there's always this fight, whether you're a senior pastor or a worship leader, whatever you are, if you have a platform, yeah. there's this fight to to be somebody, to try to to try to attain some status, to wear what I need to wear, say what I need to say, yeah. uh, lift my hand, get on my knees, whatever it is that that it looks like I need to do to become successful. Yeah. And how do we weed through that? How do we how do we know who's really leading worship and who's just putting on a show to to I'm getting kind of tense here, aren't I? Like this no, is the Church Intention podcast, but I'm just blunt. I would, these are things that that I'm seeing happening that that I think need our attention. I, well, John, I think the I think the big a great word is the big tension. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With being a worship pastor and being someone that has the gift, uh, the musical talent, or the the gift of being able to sing or play an instrument, um, you know the the chief chief worship leader. This is, I asked Pastor Robert one time, what would you tell a group of worship pastors if you, if you wanted to tell them just something that you think would really help them understand the challenge of being a worship pastor? And he said, well, and I love this analogy. He said, he said, Lucifer was the original. He was all, you know, everything musical was in him. He was, he was the original worship leader. And he, he said, he did not want all of the glory. He just wanted some of the glory. Wow. And he said, so when you're leading worship, if if it becomes about you in any way. At all. At all. Then you're no different than Lucifer. Wow. 
because <laughs> Lucifer didn't want it all. And so if it ever wow. becomes about me having a voice that I think people need to hear or, or me being the one that needs to step out front and be seen, wow. it, me feeling like, I need to come off the platform and get the attaboy and have someone say, man, that was incredible. Mention you, know, you on social media. I, I think one of the most dangerous things is social media. I mean, yep. you, you were going there right before I just, my yep. mind was saying, yep. so many times I see just posts on stories and things that yep. kind of, you know, I, I, you can follow me. I just, I stay away from it yep. when it mentions me. Right. I don't ever repost me. Right. If you say something nice about me, right. I'm not going to. You appreciate it. I, thank you, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm not going You're to. You're not going to use it. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm not saying that people that do that, um, you know, they may do it for their own purposes, but I'm, I just would encourage yeah. young worship leaders, let another man's lips praise you, not your own. It's and really always good. defer the, the spotlight. And, and, you know, the thing is, I think we need to lead worship with um, with really a holy reverence wow. and almost um, this desire within ourselves to, to try to push away any of the acclaim because the reality is it, it is inside of us as human beings to enjoy yeah. the applause. But yeah. that glory was not meant for us. That That's glory so is only for God. It's really, really good. And, and so when Pastor Robert said that, when he said, we're no different from Lucifer. When <laughs> That'll we, wake you up. When somebody, when somebody, <laughs> yeah. You're like, Lucifer, I mean, oh, you're my like, gosh. Oh, you know, because, because then all of a sudden you realize, yes, he did, he did not want all of the glory. He wanted to share in what was only meant for God. Yep. And when we, we lead worship, when we want the attaboy, we kind of want to slide over into a place that's not meant for us. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, really good. So how would you say you have been around, you know, you've seen, I feel like I'm always calling you old, Mark, and I'm not doing that. But you have a little bit of gray, man. I have a little bit of gray. You got a little bit of gray. I, hey, I, I've got some coming in, man. So I can't say. But nothing. you're much younger. <laughs> I don't think you could be my son, John. But you could be my nephew. <laughs> but this is what I, what I love about Gateway is yes, they have some of these young, yeah. young worship leaders, mm-hmm. you know, that have to meet the current trends. The one minute you got to have skinny jeans. Now the new thing is your ankles have to show with no yeah. show socks. Like right, that's the new thing. Sure. Um, but but Gateway has just some seasoned guys like yourself, like Pastor Tim, just some guys that have been in this for decades, just that bring a maturity and a health. Yeah. So so speak from that perspective. What what have you seen happen, even in just in the past 20 years, 15, 20 years, in church worship? Like what would you say has changed the most? Well, I think, you know, I I think the thing is, um, you know, we we were not, we're worship leaders. We're pastors first. We pastor the congregation into worship. We help create a culture that that teaches people how to love on God, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, if we're not careful, um, we can we can kind of get things upside down. It's like because I mean, when I first started out as an artist, yeah. um, worship music wasn't a genre. In, in an option to be played on radio. It wasn't even, people weren't buying worship CDs. It was or, Christian music. It was Christian it was, music, yeah. and that was radio. And then huh. worship pastors yeah. were, you know, they they really didn't have an avenue to become it's true. like people in the spotlight too much beyond their local congregation. Hmm. Now it's kind of like the danger is, is 
it's like you have worship artists. Yep. And, uh, and I'm not saying that there's not a place for artistry because I believe that we need to store, restore the heart of the artist back to the church because that's where it started. God's the original creator. So all things beautiful and creative and artistic come from him. He's, he's the original. Right. But the thing that does concern me is that there's just a danger, and I believe that the church needs fathers, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, you know, there are times, you know, in the past five years when I thought, man, I need to abandon this post and go do something different. But the thing that won't allow me to do that is because I know that God's called me to be a Samuel pouring into the day. That's really good. So, yeah. so if it, and so the way that he has me positioned to do that right now is to still be kind of a player coach. Yep. I know that yep. there'll be a season probably when I move to coach only. I hope not. But, but if that, <laughs> I if like, the, I like watching you lead worship. Man. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, but, but I think that, um, I think the one thing that somebody that's done it for a while may have uh, realized is they're, probably are seasons when they're tempted to be more in love with their gift than the giver of their gift. Mm. And so if you are, or if a young person gets, you know, just gets the, the applause or the encouragement, sometimes they can, they can kind of get mixed up in the understanding that this is not like, it, it is that it goes back to the glory is all about God. It's not about us. And so, oh. I just think that it's it's just important for us to always understand and for young worship leaders to always be fully aware that if if you stay in love with the giver of the gift, then you're probably That's gonna good. stay healthy. That's really good. Because because if you always if, if you understand the gift just came from him and it's really not yours anyway, mm-hmm. then it that's the perspective that you have to keep. Um you know, I was having a conversation today about uh, a young artist that's very successful right now, and um, one of our worship pastors was working with him in the studio the other day, and he said, hey, I know him from years back, the young artist, and I met him before anyone knew who he was. And my first question was, just out of curiosity, is he humble? <laughs> you know? Right. I just wanted to know, has yeah. success spoiled him? Yep. And I was so excited to hear, no, he's... Wow. Like was the most humble guy in the room, and because when I first met this young artist, they were very humble. Yep. Now, years later, when they everybody knows their name, yep. they're still humble. I think, I think humility is the key, but I think it is a healthy understanding of our position and our place. So, so let's talk about just the atmosphere of worship, even how it's changed. I, I, so, I was a preacher's kid growing up. You know, what my job was when I was a little boy. Um, the projector kid. You were the projector. I was the projector kid. So, so you mean the overhead? Overhead projector. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So the transparencies, you know. And so, <laughs> and it was a spirit-filled church, so they could change the song at any time, and yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, on the yeah, list. Thumbing through, and that. I can't click pro presenter to change no. songs. Like I'm going over no. to the file and thumbing through. How great thou art! Is that under the A's for art or <laughs> H for how? Yeah. And then I would have to throw it up there, and then you get the little piece of paper that you slide down, you know, and and then. If I fall asleep, my mom was the worship leader, you know. Oh yeah. So she would just kind of snap her finger, <laughs> and you could you knew that over snap. the side, and I knew that snap. And oh, yeah. so That's now so now good. think about that versus today, oh. where it's like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is a full on production, you know. Yeah. And not all churches, but but a lot of the a lot of the mainstream churches are are this production, and the church I pastor is the same. Gateway obviously is the production value is just phenomenal, and yeah. you know. So how do we walk that balance? How do we how do we not overproduce? 
to where people aren't even paying attention to the worship leader because there's so much to look at that I can't even, I'm so distracted. Yeah. Because I think it takes both. I think there's a balance there. Yeah. I think there's a balance. Yes, let's be excellent. The church should lead the way in excellence. We shouldn't be 20 years behind the world. Yeah. We want to be attractive, but we also don't want to be so produced Mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit no longer has a place and everyone's so distracted that no one can even pay attention to what's happening. What are your thoughts on this? Well, it was, you know, I agree with there being a, a tension there, you know? I think that there—I think production and being able to do things in, in an excellent way is great. Um, but two, two years ago, I think we, we lost power at the end of our 1230 service, and uh, huh. it was right as— we were walking out, and here are thousands of people that are sitting out there, and and I'm the worship pastor, and I'm about to lead them, and I and I hear in my in ears, with all of our technology, we we're losing power. Wow. The boards are going down. Um, You're on the, your own. <laughs> we don't know if you'll have a mic, but you may have a mic. But I'm thinking, and so it's me and a whole team, but the team can't hear anything. Wow. And so I literally had to step up. And I led with an acoustic guitar that had no power, but I had one mic, and I kind of moved it between me and the guitar, and my, the guitar and my voice. Wow! And we worshipped, and uh, it was my favorite worship service that we've had yep. because the people sang so loud. Wow! There were no lyrics on the screen. The lighting was impacted by it too, so there were nothing. There, there were no distractions. Yep. Um, and so, you know, not. I, I mean, granted, I'm, I'm assuming probably if we did that every weekend, people would It'd say, get old "Why too, don't you right? use what you?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. modern technology yeah. allows you. To, but, uh, but it was just. It reminded me, um, we really don't need much. Yeah. Um, we have it. Um, I love the way. Um, we work with live production here. Mm. Um, um, live production is used to enhance the atmosphere of worship, not yes. to control it. That's good, right? So, there. so they serve the needs of worship. Yep. Um, we work together. We partner. Um, uh, we don't look at worship and that experience as a production. We look at it as creating an atmosphere and an environment. That's good. So that people can connect to God in the greatest way possible. Yep. And so. Um, so it, it kind of holds us accountable. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I've been places where I've realized that it's all about the constraints of the production and that it's so on a grid. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing is, is what's really sad to me about that is, you know, you work out. So if, if you start exercising your muscles in a certain way, you, you train to. them to go that way. Yeah. So my only concern about, the fact that we've gotten so good at what we do is that we're actually training young worship leaders to do it only one way. That's good. I grew up in a small little church that was so unorganized. Right. And um, and so we never had a grid. We didn't know what a grid would look like if someone said, here's the grid. I mean, we yeah. we didn't, we made, we said, well, won't we, let's do this song. And we, we would stop in the middle and because it was so, it was a little <laughs> yeah. tiny church in Alabama. Yeah. But what I learned was, as a, as a young guy growing up in that church, was I learned just how to go where the Spirit was leading. Yes. Um, and uh, I think sometimes, if we're not careful, yeah. 
we can program the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think anything out. anything you do over and over and over again, no matter what it is, would get old. Yeah. So even if even if you had no lights and you and Mark sang with an acoustic guitar every single week for old. three years. Yeah. And then we brought in lights. Wow, this was awesome. This <laughs> yeah. was refreshing. Yeah. So I think I mean we had a similar thing happen where we lost power. It wasn't in the moment. It was like an hour before church, and so we're panicking, running together, getting the the whatever the box is you play drums on. You yeah. probably know what it's called. The cajon. There you go. And um, one little speaker that's got an extension cord going to another part that has power. And, and you're right. It was with candles. Yeah. It's like the most powerful worship yeah. service. Yeah. People raved, raved about it for weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that it was because we didn't have lights. I think it was just, it was different. Yeah. And uh, I think kind of sometimes we box the presence of God into a certain box and, and, God's like, you can't put that in a box. My presence is there yeah. no matter what you do. And it's because <laughs> we've gotten good at doing we've what gotten we gotten good do. at it, yeah. So it's like we don't want to get uncomfortable. We don't want it to ever feel like we didn't have it all together. Yeah. So it's like even, you know, there's there's a place in worship. We call it the inhale. It's the, um, it's the place where everything gets still. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes I really feel just I, f- I feel – the tug of war huh. of letting that sit there long enough. Let it sit. Because I'm on a platform and, and there's a little bit of a discomfort that I need to feel yep. because it lets me know, okay, I I, I need something to get shifting. Yeah. something shifting. Yeah. But but it is the thing where is it okay for it just to kind of come to stop wow. and not be so perfect? And and you know, and it's that thing that I think it's in those moments when the Holy Spirit is doing His work, and you don't need to get in the way too That's much. Right. You know, it's like I think there there needs to be a sensitivity and awareness on our part yeah. as worship pastors and worship leaders to understand that it's not on our shoulders to do the work. It's on our shoulders to hear what God's wanting to do in the moment and really allow God the space to do it. Yeah, within the constraints of what we have, um, you know. Uh, I think that I'm always constantly having to remind myself when I put a list of songs together, am I okay if we don't make it all the way through that list? We just had this conversation yesterday. Finish your sentence. Well, it's, it's, it's just good. because um, it, it, we, so we did an unplugged night yeah. Sunday yeah. night. It was for our volunteers. Well, we just got into one song and we kind of we stayed there it. for about 12 minutes. Yeah. And it was one of our other guys and I was... I mean, I, I wasn't sure that I was going to lead anything, and I yep. was okay with it. I was like, we're just going to go. Yes. And so, um, but it was, it's okay. Like, don't ever make it about the songs. The yeah. songs are just there as a vehicle to use to get people to the destination. Well, it's no different than a sermon. You know, I'll write, I'll write sermons, and I'll walk up to the podium, and I've got my notes. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit may shift something or hit something that yeah. wasn't in my notes that yeah. ends up being the best part of my sermon in the first Amen. place. Amen. And so we had this conversation um, at the church I pastored just yesterday in a meeting where Sunday we had this, you know, I preached, but but the worship leader, the, I mean, worship was a phenomenal. And, and I get yeah. done preaching and I'm reading this thread from all of the leaders, the campus pastors and worship leaders. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I wish we could have sang that song again. Oh, my gosh, I wish we could have extended worship two yeah. minutes. And so it, for me, it sparked this, like, hey, let's let's talk about this. And you and I talked about this before the podcast started. It really boils down to trust. Yeah. Does the senior pastor trust his leaders? Yeah. And does the worship leaders trust the senior pastor? Yeah. Is there a camaraderie there? And 
So we, we process through this. Because even, let's, let's say you, you got a hard 20 minutes and we are not going to flex. It's 20 minutes. But it's 20 minutes. Yeah. It's Do whatever you want in the 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to sing one song over and yeah. over again, sing one song over and over again, yeah. whatever the Holy Spirit's doing. So I think sometimes we think that, well, all, all I got is 20 minutes and I got four songs, so it's in a loop. So we just got to stick to the loop and go through it. Do we? Do we, do we really have to do that? So, so I think it's just challenging yeah. even the way no, we, we think. Yeah. And, and this is what I told my guys. And you have to have people that you trust. Right. There's no doubt you have to have people you trust. But I said, look, the campus pastor makes this call, not necessarily the worship leader in the moment. Right. But, but we have microphones so that the leader can pick up a mic that's channeled to the in-ears of the worship leaders. And he can say, hey, sing that again, whatever the case may be, to where they can hear and, and keep going. Because what I said is, look, now this isn't every pastor. This is different flavor for every pastor. I said, if I got to carve two minutes out of my sermon, I think I can figure out how to do that. Yeah. If we need to sing the tag one more time or, and we have multiple campuses that we live stream. So there's logistics in that. We got to figure that out. Um, but I think part, part of the responsibility falls back on us to, to not for us to, not for the Holy Spirit to make room for us, but to us to make the room for the Holy Spirit. Oh, so good. So, um, I love that. So yeah, even if we're sticking to 20 minutes, 18 yeah. minutes, yeah. then work in it, work in it. Well, it's like, um, <clears throat> it, once again, uh, it's about submission to the authority of the house. I also, I just always have to say that it comes back to that. I mean, totally does. It God honors that yep. obedience. You know, yep. it's like just it. And I and I've really found that to be so true. Yep. I've seen God show up and move in a powerful way in ten minutes. Yep. You know, absolutely. I've seen. Uh, so it's not. It time is a value. Yeah. But um. But I think the. Uh, the thing that matters more than anything else is the heart, yeah. And and the and the willingness to 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 throw out the list too, like we said, and and to kind of, you know, it's like you said, hey, you have 20, 20 minutes, you can That's you can go somewhere. Pretty good amount of time. Yeah, and and so um, and so I think the thing is is it's like I think it's a challenge to the the worship pastor, the worship leaders. Yeah. Um, Number one, I think the thing that's crucial is to know what the senior pastor wants. Yeah, it really if, is. If, if you're a worship pastor and you're listening to this and you don't understand what your pastor expects the worship worship culture, culture to be, or, yeah. or if you don't know what he's wanting the destination to be, or if you don't know his values, then... I would encourage you to schedule a meeting yes. and interview him it's and pretty important. ask him. It's yeah. pretty important because you may be frustrated just simply because you don't understand what his desire is. Yep. You know, um, I I know Pastor Robert's very clear in in what he wants. He's one of the like I I understand what his desire is because he's been very clear. This is what he believes about worship. This is yep. what he wants to see happen in worship. It, I'm sure, John, at your church, your worship pastors know this is how I feel. And right. it, even the conversation you had yesterday yeah. with them to kind of give them more insight into, hey, guys, I just... Yeah, and you guys have fallen into that. I've never been to a gateway experience where I haven't felt the presence of God in worship. Yeah. So regardless of what the constraints are, the presence of God is there working and moving in it is. 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it, it is. And those deep wells are here Yes. because it, Pastor Robert spoke the other night at, at a worship family gathering, yeah. and he said, I want spirit and truth. 
Yeah. I want both. Yep. I want them working together, you know. And and the whole thought was I I be, I want a presence filled worship experience. Yeah. But I want it to fall within structure so that people, you know, and so that's the thing that I've appreciated is we flow where the Holy Spirit goes, yep. but we also honor the constraints of structure that we have. I have never felt I, I, like I, I know this. I know that if I'm if I am submitted to what constraints I have, and my heart is to lead people into God's presence, I think we're always going to be good. Yep. <laughs> you know, I love it. And you know, but I, I do think that um, I think that there is a, I think that there is a lot to be said about knowing what your pastor yeah. expects. Yeah, I've talked to so many young worship leaders and worship that pastors that don't. Wow. You know? Um, so I think it's, it's time to have a conversation. Time to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're getting close on time here. We're going a little bit over, but it's just because I love talking to you, Mark. I and mean, we're just... Uh, same here. We, we can go long, right? Yeah. It's like a worship set. We're going a little long in our worship set here. But I want to ask <laughs> one more question um, because something happened a couple of weeks ago. Gateway had this kind of a round table where um, worship pastors from all over the country, from some of the largest and most influential churches in America descended here. Yeah. Actually right here at the King's University. Yeah. We and, were upstairs. And I came upstairs and I just got to sit and listen. And for me it was really, really awesome to just see what God's doing uh throughout all these churches in America and how they all God was kind of speaking the same thing. Yeah. To to a lot of them. And that nobody could really quite put their finger on it. Mm-hmm. Nobody really even knew what to do about it. Yeah. But everybody was kind of saying the same thing that that man it just feels like God is moving and he and a lot of them talked about the clock. A lot yeah. of them talked about, you know, maybe we our 60 minute uh worship experiences. I can't remember which church it was, but they were saying, man, we were at 60 minutes and then we went to 150 uh, hour and 15 and then we went to an hour and 30 and we don't know what's going on. God's <laughs> just God's just yeah. wrecking us and turning us upside down. And it just seems like there's there's um um, God's trying to do something in his church is just kind of yeah. the vibe I got. And no one really came with any answers and this is what we need to do. And every church in here needs, it was nothing like that. It was just like everybody kind of sensed something happening in the atmosphere in the world of worship. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you experienced that too. I, you know, we've talked about it since the round table and uh, just, <clears throat> you know, in a few conversations with some worship pastors um, and just even my wife, I, the only way that I could describe it is we're kind of we're all a little uncomfortable. Yes, there's <laughs> a tension. Know? Right? There's a tension, <laughs> um, but I think it's not it's not because of a disagreement within our leadership no. teams at churches that where we were just. It's just that we sense God's doing something and it's a shift, yep. and we don't want to miss it. Yep, and that's we're, the key. That nobody wanted to miss it. Nobody wants to miss it, and and it's like. We all know. We all know that we have the tools that we can do it, and it can be excellent. Yep. But that, but we found out that that alone just it, it's just it feels empty. Yeah. yeah. And so there is this hunger. There's a hunger. There's a hunger. No doubt about it. And it's it's almost this thing though of us all feeling like not too comfortable because we realize we don't really control when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. We just need to stay healthy. Exactly. We need to, you know, I, 
you know, I do have a burden as as an older guy yeah. um, serving in worship, and that is I want healthy young worship leaders leading congregations in worship. Yep. I want guys and girls that are healthy because um, I, I believe that the only way that we can lead people to a place of health and God is to be healthy ourselves. Absolutely. And you said it a minute ago, you know, you can't lead someone to somewhere you've not been. Yep. And so, you know, I, I think it's just, I think the thing that we were sitting around in that room talking about is how can we stay healthy? Yeah. How can, how can we continue to serve well? Yeah. There was no attempts of strategy. Here's what we need to do. No. Let's convince our senior pastors. It was nothing. It was the it was pure because the thing is, if it's a if it's a God thing, if yeah. if God is moving, yeah. then you just need to stay out of the way. You yes. don't need to control or manipulate or try to convince. If God's moving, He's going to move. Yeah. And so it's just like what you say: you stay healthy, stay submitted. Yeah. You know, make sure I'm visiting that place off the stage. Yeah. So it's just it's exciting to think that God is moving in that way, and that yeah. we get to watch it play out and be a part of it. Yeah, and uh, so that's that's fantastic. And and a worship pastor that doesn't um, spend time alone in God's presence, uh, you can't you can't get to the weekend and keep apologizing to God for what you didn't do during the week. You yeah. have to set aside time. I think, you know, in a book I read years back, it said, "Whatever you put on your schedule is not what you do; it's what you become." Mm. And so it's like it's good. You need to make sure that. If you're a worship pastor and you're leading people on a weekend after weekend basis, yeah. you need to make sure that during the week you're alone in God's presence yeah. so that when you get up onto the platform and you're leading people there, you're not taking them to a place that's not familiar to you. That's right. You know, you're taking them to some, it's like you know the path. Let me show you where you I go, went today. Let me, let, yeah, let, me, yeah. let me show you, yeah. man. I've been to this place yeah. so many times. You yeah. know, it's, but you need to, it needs to be like, old hat to you like you've so good. been there a lot so well man thank you so much for coming on the podcast you really are a good friend of mine but honestly i i just enjoy watching your leadership thank you and uh the way you lead and the thank way you. you not just on the stage but off the stage so i would say thank you for what you're doing not just for gateway but for the next generation of leaders you're you're impacting you, the next generation of worship leaders so we're excited to to, to, to have you at Gateway and to just know you as a friend. So same here. If people want to connect with you, man, as the just Instagram best way, find him on Instagram. Mark Harris is that Mark the best Harris, way? Mark Harris music on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you can, here's his personal cell phone number. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. But no, just connect with this guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a great leader. Um, obviously at a great church, but Mark, we love you. Thanks, love you too, thanks for being here. Love you listeners. Thank you for listening. Hey, uh, give us a review. I say this every time. Give us a review on uh, whatever platform you're listening to this on. Share us on social media. Help us get the word out uh, for the Church Intention Podcast. Love you guys so much. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Church Intention Podcast. For more information, visit churchintention.com. The King's University is an accredited, spirit-empowered evangelical university in Southlake, Texas. To learn more, visit tku.edu.